Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is the Kuehl Show here on the Kuehl Show family of networks. I am your host today, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, here for another morning edition of TKS. Yes, guys, I know it's a little weird. It's a little crazy because we're doing another morning show. That's because I'm working the night shift. However, that'll change. We'll go back to normal next week. It's okay. No need to panic yet because uh no yeah we don't need to panic because panicking's bad only i can panic as you can tell i am joined today by my lovely co-host winnie the pooh winnie the pooh winnie the pooh chubby little cubby all stuffed with fluffies winnie the ah the coffee's kicking today here on this mo- monday thursday morning of the cool show i don't even know what day it is anymore yet we are ready to go with all sorts of awesome Stuff to talk about today. Series ending. Series enders. Series that are still going. All that stuff to talk about today here on The Kula Show. Yes, of course, if you're watching this right now on Thursday morning, you're watching it on The Kula Show Family Network. So I really don't need to tell you what you're watching it on. But if for some reason you're watching it today and you may not be able to catch the rest of it later on or you know have to probably leave here in about 20 minutes, that's okay. We'll have the live replay on in our usual time slot, 6 to 7 tonight on 12-ounce sports, and the replay, of course, will be right here on demand on the Kuehl Show YouTube channel and Twitter and Facebook and pretty much everywhere it goes on, or Twitch as well, at least for 14 days. Found that out the other day. But with 12-ounce sports, we must thank our sponsors for 12-ounce sports, mybookie.ag down there in the corner. Make sure you check them out, guys, because the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Lots of upsets, people losing money because they're picking on teams that they thought were actually going to be good enough and actually going to be you know, a little bit better than they thought. You know, the Brooklyn Nets are looking good, but the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Clippers, that's a series worth watching. I only know this because I kind of cover that sort of thing with my new writing job, but I digress. Go on there, use the promo code 12OUNTSPORTS, win and get paid in mybookie.ag. And of course, up there in the corner and on my shirt and on my laptop, Secretary Leather Company, hashtag crafted from the crease. Make sure you get on there, guys, and get all their awesome, cool swag they have, guys. They have so much awesome stuff. Wallets, bathroom bags, I mean, goodness gracious, T-shirts, toques. They have just about everything that you want in your daily lives. Coasters as well. Pillows. Throw pillows that your wife will love, girlfriend will love, man will love, anyone that will love them. Go on there, secondchainleather.com, hashtag Crafted from the crease. And of course, if you ever want to check it out, our own Kula Show merchandise line. Teespring.com slash store slash the dash Kula dash show. When I say dash, that means like the actual hyphen dash. The Kula Show. YouTube. Teespring is where you should get it. It's in the description of this video here. So if you or if you're listening on the podcatcher, go on, check it out. Get yourself some cool TKS swag. Why wouldn't you want to get your awesome TKS swag? So, another hour-long show today. Lots and lots of stuff has happened over the last, well, couple days and 48 hours. We'll start with the games that happened last night first. Isles over Pittsburgh. We'll talk about Minnesota surviving and holding on for Game 7. Did I also mention that, you know, Tampa beat Florida? My pick, wrong again. Another one. A lot of those picks. Another one, as DJ Khaled would say. Another pick that went awry for TJK here on TKS. 
Right now, as you can tell, I got a game on the screen. World Championship action. Switzerland versus Slovakia. Who would have thought in Group A action that this was going to be a big-time matchup? Right now, it's 2-0 Swiss. They just scored another power play goal. They're up 2-0. They had a power play goal. Rafael Diaz on a major power play back in the first period. Coming into this, ready for this, guys? The Swiss and Slovaks. Slovakia atop of Group A. Three wins, regulation wins in their three games, ahead of Russia, because Russia has a regulation loss to their name. And Swiss, 2-0-1, or 2-1, two regulation wins, one regulation loss. I mean, this this whole tournament's all hunky-dory. Canada finally got a win yesterday, beating Norway. Norway, 4-2. Now, granted, Canada outplayed them all the Dickens, but the Norwegian goaltender was just, oh, boy. The goalkeeping yesterday for Tyler was a little awkward because the goalkeepers that he wanted to do well were kind of shaky and the other ones did not do well, at least in terms of outside the NHL. Because for those that don't know, I'm a Manchester United fan and the UEFA Europa League finals yesterday and Villarreal decided that, well, not decided, they went up on Man U early. Manchester comes back, ties it up in the second half. They go to penalties. They go through the entire lineup and David De Gea has to score. The goalkeeper for Man U has to score to stay alive. The only guy that got stopped was the goalkeeper. The Villarreal goalkeeper scored on David De Gea. And David De Gea couldn't even score. My goodness. Get him out of there. The time has come. Long was the day that David De Gea was going to go to Real Madrid, but then the papers didn't go through on time. He's not that good anymore, guys. Anyways, sorry about my rant. Uh, But Canada finally picks up a win. The U.S. is playing Latvia right now. Let's see if I can get a score there for you. Uh, Because, like I said, I only have one TV in here. Right now, U.S. and Latvia, ooh, tied right now at two in the second period. Oh, boy, Latvia. I mean, it's... Some people are saying because there's not enough enough NHLers in this tournament is why the, the underdog countries are doing well. And, of course, those countries have been able to play most of their regular seasons. But I digress. Let's be honest. Latvia, they are 2-0-1. Their one is loss is an overtime loss. Germany, a top group B, they're 3-1. Three, three Finland is like the only power that's in the top four, or at least in group B. Like I said, Russia is number two in group A. But Finland is 2-0-1. Kazakhstan has three wins, one regulation, two overtime wins, or one shoot. One overtime, one shootout, and one regulation. When I believe that's how it works with a regulation loss. The only team, the only team that actually does not have a win at all in this tournament, because the Czechs have at least won one in overtime. They're at the bottom of Group A. Dare I say it? Is the Italians? The Italians are the only team that have not won. Great Britain. You ready for this? Great Britain picks up a regulation win for the first time. So, oh gosh, I had the number on top of my head. Great Britain. World championship 2021. Let's see if I can get news here on this. Because I believe it was their first regulation win in like 20 some odd years. If I can find it here. Where is it? No, it doesn't say. Shoot. But it, it was a, it's been a long time since Great Britain has won a, regu- won a game in regulation in the world championships. They did it yesterday over the Belarusians. Who, has, who have two losses. Belarus, who has a win and an overtime loss. This whole tournament's so much fun to watch, and I'm glad I have Fubo TV just for this reason, because, boy, it's a lot of exciting action right now. 
But let's jump over to the NHL. Hey, Alex is there. Look at Alex. Alex, if you're bored, give me a shout. We can probably put you on here if you wanted to. Holy cow, I have like 150 text messages. Why is Alex texting me videos? What are... Oh. Oh, look. He's, he's playing video games and watching, uh, the, watching the Kiel show on the side. What a pal. What a pal. What a pal Alex is. Hey, Alex, Winnie the Pooh's doing a better co-hosting job than you always did. Anyways... Love you, Alex. Uh, let's get to the, the to the games last night. We'll go in order. We'll talk about the Jets and Oilers as well. Obviously, we got to talk about that. That'll be kind of jammed in the middle because, well, they haven't really played since Monday, so <laughs> they haven't really had much to go on. Oh, good. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. He's flying in here. You got it. Alex, you want to turn off the sound there? There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I had to, I had to make sure I had to figure it out. I I had to do it with the team. Yeah, I had to do it. Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show for the second time in a week. Of, I I don't say former host taking a long leave of absence. Alex, Alex, how you doing? I'm actually doing really good. You know, it's actually nice when you do these kind of like morning episodes because I can actually do them. I can be a part of them. Well, and it just works out that this, hey, listen, I could, I would love to just up and quit my job at the radio station. Unfortunately, uh, money, Alex, money's a thing. And I kind of money is money is definitely a thing. Hence why. And that's why you're not doing Monday or Thursday episodes because you're working all the gosh darn time. Precisely. Anyway. So. I guess Alex will just tag along here for a minute. Alex, uh, what got, what got, did you watch any of the games last night, or did you pay attention to any of them while you were working? Uh, are you talking NHL, or are you talking uh, the international? The NHL. Uh, NHL, no, I didn't. I caught highlights of uh, select ones. Um, which one do you want to talk about? Well, you know what? Since you're since you are a fan, let's you know. In this case, since we have Alex on this point in the morning, we'll only have you on for about half hour, Alex. We'll talk about the games that happened last night. But yeah, let's sure. talk about the Leafs-Habs game five tonight. And the reason why I want to start off on this, I had the audio pulled up, but then Alex had decided to call into the show. <laughs> Alex, this morning, this is not a joke. This is actually this actually happened. <clears throat> not just Nick Felino skating before practice today. He's rehabbing a lower body injury. Obviously, the Leafs are not going to rush that because they want him for the deep playoff run. But dare I say it, this is coming from Chris Johnson, at least the video was, John Tavares was on the ice in full gear. Obviously not practicing with the team, but JT, despite getting pretty much borderline knocked unconscious, Alex, less than a little over a week ago, is actually on the ice skating. Not a hard skate, light skate, some skill work, but he's on the ice. That is insane. Honestly, Ty, I'm as soon as I saw that come in, I... I want to say that I texted Katie like five seconds later because she was so I, well, for one, she, she is a, um, she likes watching the Maple Leafs, but she has her select players. One of which is John Tavares. And as soon as she found out she about the, the hit and him going down, he definitely let me, she was like, Hey, the, 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 what, what happened? And I said, whatever you do, just don't watch the video purely on the basis of him with his, uh, Glazed over, glazed over eyes. Well, him just trying to get up and then having like his knees buckling, all that. It's, it's not not for the faint of heart. Um, so as soon as I found that out, texted that over to Katie, and she's like, "Why is he doing that? His head is not in his brain. There's not. There's not like for her. It's for all her instinct. 
your body just takes over. That's what happens when you get hit like that. You just think, all right, time to get up. No problem. That's what players have been programmed to do. People joke that NHLers are robots or athletes are robots. But when you get hit, it's like, all right, get up. Your brain may not say that. I'm talking talking about like him skating today. Like what she was real. She asked me, he's like, what was the whole, why would they even have him on the ice? And I told him, I was like, if, you know, doctors say it's okay and, Obviously, if if he is skating, at the very least, there has to be some sort of medical professionals telling, you know, Dubis and uh, Sheldon Keith there that you know he he's able to play a little bit or at the very least skate. So I mean, I that's honestly promising for um, the Maple Leafs organization as far as a run goes. Um, I'm I honestly I hope that he can get back into things, but it does come back down to, you know you don't want to push anything too quickly. If you know what I mean? It's well, there's gotta be some, it's not like, I don't want to say it's like the old days where players were like, all right, you got to come back in the lineup, bud, no matter what, like full Keith Primo. Right. I think JT probably said, I'm like, yeah, I can go now. Granted JT may be thinking about like a hockey player. Like a lot of us do. It's like, Oh, doctor says I can play. Okay. I can play. It may not be a hundred. I mean, cause here's the thing too. He has a family. He, he realizes that. By the way, Swiss just scored again. They're up 3 nothing on Slovakia right now. The Group A leading Slovakians, I should remember. Uh, so, But it's good to see JT coming back because the team's really, really, really rallied around him, which only means that if the Leafs can ex- you know, extend this playoff run, Alex, John Tavares, who I did not think was going to be seen until next year, may actually play in these playoffs again at some point. That in itself... When that hit first happened, did you think that was ever a possibility? Honestly, I thought for a quick second that, you know, it was worth a try. Um, I thought it was a it was a very it was a stretch to be certain. Um, just especially for well, for one, you, you have to think about, okay, yes, this this is a player that has played in the league for a while and he he's not going to be the the uh how do I put it this kindly? He's not going to be the quickest to get up back from an injury just purely on, on age. Purely on age, it's going to be a little bit harder for him to accomplish that. So that was my first thought. Second of all, the, the next thing that went in my head was, is he going to be able to come back for next season if it was a, a huge brain injury? Because, I mean, I, I think he, this is like his first or one of the very few major concussions that he's had. Um, he's had shoulders, a lot of shoulder injuries. Remember, he had a lot of those with New York. Yeah, and I, I don't. That, it was a lot of like sprains and nothing, but nothing that kept him out for a really, really long time. Right, and that's why I, I was trying to jog my brain, and I actually looked it up a little bit just to make sure he hasn't had anything recently. Because my biggest concern, as soon as I saw that hit, was you know, is this going to be an extended problem for him? Kind of like a. Uh, oh gosh, uh, what's a can Nathan Horton, you know, somewhere where if, if you get hit in the head too many times, you're, you're not going to be able to do anything like you used to be. So I, I'm just thankful that with him being on the ice, it's promising. Um, I don't think he's going to play in the rest of the series. I don't, I don't think he'll be in the first couple games of the next round. Um, I mean, it's honestly, it's up in the air. I'm excited to see him at the very least have a head on his shoulder, but it's, it's tough call. It'll it'll be interesting. So game five tonight, seven o'clock, Jack Campbell, the last two games have been 
and some now it's funny as a lot of people have said this is the most disappointing series of them all and i attest that too imagine if there were actually fans in the building for for this series because some people oh the hockey's so boring it's not exciting well you know what that 2-1 win 28 saves for campbell on on monday night you know what i'll give that to you but the leafs they, listen you want to play boring hockey if you want to win, especially the way the Habs can get going sometimes at their speed. They pick up the win. Nylander scores again. Huge goal for him. Now he also got four and four because he scored the opener on Tuesday. Alex Galchenyuk, a goal and two assists in the playoffs. No, folks, it is not 2014. It is not 2017. This is Alex Galchenyuk in 2021 after being an outcast and a healthy scratch for a little bit with the Leafs. All of a sudden, Alex being the be- dang near the best player on the ice on Tuesday night. A beautiful feed for the Nylander goal. A beautiful feed for the Spezza goal. Then he gets one himself later on in the hockey game. I, it's a, you know, we talk about Jack Campbell and his kind of his career resurrection over the years, but Galchenyuk's been able to do it within a three month span. Well, I like when I, <laughs> I like comparing players. You know this for a fact. I love comparing players. And Galchenyuk's kind of resurgence kind of reminds me of um, Anthony Mantha being brought to uh, to Washington, where this was a player that a lot of people wrote off. It wasn't, you know, everyone just was like, yeah, he's, a, he's kind of a fringe player. He's not really great, but, you know, he can do some things. Why Why do you think, Tyler, from your perspective, why do you think that he has been able to, to I guess, work as best as he can with this team? I mean, with, with the different talent that the Maple Leafs have, yes, you have a lot of tools to work with. You can pass a lot more. Um, you don't have to – I mean, you can share the puck a little bit. You don't have to feel so pressured, um, kind of like a, a Phil Kessel situation with Arizona. But, man – I, I didn't really expect this from him. He's it's so great because when I first when they first got him, we were live on the show. I was actually live on the show with Peyton Turnage, believe it or not. During and that's how long ago it was. And I said, I'm like, hey, you know, breaking news, Alex Galchenyuk going to Leafs. And he's like, and we're both like, why? <laughs> we both were so confused. But you know, it worked out in the end. They're getting wins, but now we go to game five tonight back at Scotiabank. Habs have something to play for, not just because of the fact, A, they want to extend this series to give them a chance to win, but B, if they were to force a game six, that's the big story. 2,500 fans are going to be loud in the Bell Center. Now, I don't know if that's going to spark change with either of the win in the Winnipeg series in round two or in Winnipeg, or if the Habs are able to come back or if the Leafs move on to round two, will that spark change? Because it sounds like just the way everything was before the season the amount, the how NHL teams are allowed to play in Canada. It's not just, it's not the national government that really has a say in it. it's each individual provincial government. But if this series can go back to Montreal for game six, which would be on Saturday, I tell you fans at bell center, 2,500 or not, they'll all be Montreal fans too. No Ontario fans in attendance all. Well, there may be some leaf fans that live in Quebec, but regardless, Alex, that's important because you know, at any point in this series, the home team, the home crowd could have really altered the pace of play, both at the Scotiabank Arena and the Bell Center. Oh, that that's absolutely for certain. There's no question about it. I mean, everyone knows that I'm I am the crusader of the Hurricanes. I am a big Canes fan. We'll and, get to that. Well, just you can talk about just in comparison, the the level of excitement, the energy in the building. And you also 
you have to think. The Maple Leafs and the Canadians are not very fast teams. They're very meticulous. They're they work in their in their systems and they do well in their systems. They don't try to overstretch themselves. They the Maple Leafs over these past few years with with Matthews, Nylander, and Marner as the, the, the main three guys to keep looking at, they've definitely shown that they've matured. They've shown that they they now know their limits. They know when to when to push the puck, when to push pressure. They know when to be a little bit more reserved and kind of pick their points. And with Montreal, you have a kind of similar instance where they have that kind of same mentality as you know more seasoned players are on that squad. Um, but you also have to consider that they don't have the same speed that the, the Maple Leafs have not. Well, now I say speed, not referring to Austin Matthews, because I've always said that he's kind of dead foot. Well, same um, thing with JT and Joe and pretty much half the Leafs now, because they don't really have the fastest team. Now they have some guys that can pick it up, but to your point, Alex, yeah. But with, I think when you, when you brought in, you know, JT and especially Joe Thornton, by the way, Shout out to Joe Thornton, oldest ever player as a Maple Leaf to score a playoff goal. Yep. <laughs> I didn't expect him to get too fourth much. Fourth oldest player to score a playoff goal as well in NHL Stanley Cup playoff history. But honestly, with all the comments I've seen of this boring hockey, it's like it's still hockey. These guys are playing at a, a, an elite level. They're they're not playing to be exciting. They're playing to win. And that's that's honestly a promising thing for the Maple Leafs. When you know, I, I mean, who would be the their next round right now? Winnipeg. Win, Winnipeg would be the next one. I, <sighs> well, that series, we'll we'll talk about. I'll talk about Winnipeg a little bit later on, and if it comes to it, you know, the matchup between the two, because all of a sudden Winnipeg looks like a severe threat. By the way, like quickly while Alex was going on there, I quickly looked up the actual stat with the Great Britain hockey team winning in regulation against Belarus yesterday for the first time. This is not a joke, folks. Since 1962, it, uh, <laughs> our grandfather was not in high school the last time Great Britain won a regulation game of the World Championships. That's how yes. long ago that was in Great Britain. And somehow, like I said, the only team that does not have a point in this tournament or a win is the Italians. By the way, still 2-2 U.S. and Latvia in the waning minutes of the second period in Latvia, Switzerland, still over Slovakia, halfway through period number two, three nothing right now. And I just, it's, this tournament's crazy, Alex. But yeah, going back to the point, I, I like, I like where the Leafs are at. The thing is, though, you don't want to let the Habs get into it. But let's jump on over here to the other series, Alex, I want to mention. Game six tonight, PNC Arena, Carolina, Nashville. Now, for those that, fo- you know, follow us on Twitter at the Kula Show, uh, yeah, we're kind of going for the Canes now because some dingus over at the social media department of the National Predators thought it was cool to invite the president of the uh, bowel stool, as my wife likes to call it, uh, to the game tonight. So, uh, yeah. El Presidente. Yeah, that guy. So, yeah, uh, we're going full Canes now, Alex. You, uh, you're you the cru- captain of the Crusades of the Cane Carolinas. Uh, we're followers now because, uh, yeah, the uh, Bandwagon fans. Well, okay. I'll say this. And and Peyton Turnage, a national fan in his own right, was also against what was tweeted yesterday. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on the National Predators Twitter page, or just if you go to our page, you'll see our response and my response as well. Uh, but listen, I, I 
I love the Nashville fans. Bridgestone Arena, 14,000 people are going to be there. It, it's, or pardon me, tonight at Bridgestone Arena, excuse me, not PNC Arena. PNC was game five, possibly game seven on Saturday. But you got to love the fans. There's going to be 14,000 there tonight. I just hope, Alex, that at least the majority of them are not as stupid as the person that actually okayed that social media post. <laughs> well, I, I will say this uh, purely on the basis that I applied for uh, internships and uh, entry level positions with uh, that uh, organization. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I, the, the whole like social media thing aside, I'm excited for this game. I want Carolina to throw it down, smash Veal's throats, and smash Veal. Because my, I, this has been the quintessential playoff series to watch. Not only just because I am a Canes fan, but for the entire East. This is the, the longest running one. You know, I this is the one where everyone's looked at it as, this is going to be the one to watch because I mean, even yeah, you could Except like, for me where I said Canes and five, but that's neither here nor there. Well, you could, you could compare and say, well, there, you know, Washington versus Boston was something to watch until it kind of blew over. And then, you know, you know, uh, Pittsburgh versus the Islanders was something to watch. And we still kind of is, um, well, not anymore. Islanders. I mean, you know, the Islanders moving out. We'll get to that a little bit later on though. But that was a fun well, series. I, just listen well, to, I mean, just it, to listen it, it, to Chris it, it, King. It was to watch until last night. Um, but, I mean, what 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 are the other East? Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, it's, no, that's I, it. I'm about to say, yeah. So the Isles will take on Boston. Like I said, we'll get to that series. But, yeah, right now the Central Division has Tampa waiting in the wings for either Nashville or Carolina. I I just want I just want Carolina to beat Tampa. I don't care about Nashville at this point. I think well, they have Carolina to get through Car- They have to get through Nashville first, Alex. That's how it they're works. They're going to pull it off. I tell you, I tell you this. Carolina still has the sauce. They got the hot suey sauce. And, you know, I'm not talking about that Nashville hot chicken sauce. No, I'm talking about that Carolina barbecue sauce. They're going to win. The Carolina mustard or whatever they used to sell at the score. Is that what it was? Was that the one they sold at the score? The, the yellow they got, one? They got the Carolina mustard. They got the... Uh, the the uh, the Carol well it's South Carolina but the Carolina vinegar base barbecue sauce I'm I'm happy I'm I'm happy that this series has gone as long as it has because even though I wanted it to be a short series because I thought they were gonna win in five two but <sighs> it's exciting hockey the buildings are full and it, it makes me happy to see the excitement again does games because, oh go ahead Alex because the, all the people that, you know, are denouncing the, the Maple Leafs and Canadian series are denouncing it because they have this other one down south that is just making – it's making hockey happy. There's excitement. There's energy in the building. Both teams are just going full tilt, and I, I don't feel like there's been any reservation in the play. I'm just I'm happy, man. You're just happy. I'm happy. So does this does the last three have all gone to overtime? Nashville won games three and four, both in double overtime. Oh, Luke Coonan uh, and Matt Duchesne four and three respectively. Jordan Stahl in game five, in a game where Brett Pesci just, or um, or excuse me, Marty Natchez decided to be the hero for the Canes. But does this game does this game end in regulation or do we go to a triple overtime tonight, Alex? 
you know, I want to say this would go in, this would finish in regulation because this would be a good cap off to go into the next round for the Canes. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. The goaltending has been surprising for me. I didn't think that it would get to be where the goaltenders are saving the series for both teams. Well, not necessarily both teams. I, I'd say that Carolina has looked stronger on the front end, and it's been UC Saros uh, kind of holding everything together. But, man, it's just – I don't know. I can't answer that question. I, I think, for me, I, my, my guess is going to be two overtimes. Two overtimes. By the way, David Alter on Twitter just posting the picture saying, not that it's anyone's surprise, but Jack Campbell is occupying the home net likely starter for game five. Thank you, David, for the Toronto fans. Yeah, Freddie Anderson's going in tonight. <laughs> sure, bud. But no, to your point, Alex, people are like, oh, but there's been like five goal games and six goals scored in these series. How can the goaltenders be so good? Watch the games. And this is where I always say, Alex, you can look at the goals against average as much as you want. But the best way to tell how good a goaltender is, look at that save percentage, and that will tell you how actually good the goaltender is. I've seen goaltenders, Alex. Now, granted, they've been on some bad teams. They'll have a four goals against average or a four and a half goals against average. 920 save percentage. Still a better goaltender probably than the other one at the other side. That's just that's how it is. And Nedeljkovic has been a surprise, not just a surprise because of how he did the regular season, but how he's played so well in the playoffs. And UC Saros really rallied from a poor first half of the year. It's going to blow up in some way, and it seems like this is going to be the game where it's going to be 8-7. It's going to go to triple overtime. <laughs> the wife's going to be mad at me because I'm going to stay up all night and refuse to watch the Friends reunion with her because that game's on, and that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> no, I... The, honestly, I'm hoping that my my jobs tonight aren't too uh, too extensive because I'll be able to get the latter half of the game. So probably the end part of uh, the second period, all of the third period, and then uh, all of the overtimes. I keep telling you, Alex, the NHL app. Just get it. And you can listen to Pete Weber on the call. Good old well, good I friend do. of the show, Pete I, Weber. No, I do, and that's honestly how I've been able to pay attention to the games. Is I've been able to do that, but I mean, I actually watch the games. You know. Well, yeah, and that's fun and all, but sometimes you just can't. That's why, like I said, I've got to listen to a lot of Chris King these playoffs because I've been always, seems like whenever the Islanders play, because they were always either the afternoon game or the 6.30 game, so I'm always moving around, so I get to listen to him. And and he's, of course, another friend of the show, Chris King, by the way, New York Islanders radio play-by-play voice. He got a little excited yesterday when the Islanders won their, clinched their first series at Nassau Coliseum since 1993, which is a long time ago. I was not even born yet. Alex was, he, no, he wasn't even close. He was no. still still about a half decade away. But yeah, not, not even, not even, not even worth the mention. <laughs> not even worth the mention. So with that, we'll take a break, folks. When we come back, we'll recap all the games that happened last night, including a couple series enders, and talk about maybe a possible preview for the East Division. Now there may be round two starting up here soon, but we'll just have to wait and see. Alex. Thank you for jumping on here this morning. I know since you're not working here, you're able to jump on. And maybe we'll do some more morning shows later on when I finally snap and quit my job. Or I get fired, which is one of the two possible. I mean, second, the latter is probably the better possibility, let's be honest. Hey, you know what? I saw uh, a few job opportunities on teamwork. I'll, uh, I'll send them over your way because, I mean, I'm going to be – I'll still be listening to the show, so I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be live in the chat. Oh, boy. <laughs> jump in there with the chat and Alex and tell him to shut up for the rest of us. Anyways. Yes. Tell me to shut up. I dare you. You can't. I mean, it's hard because it's Twitter. I, I, I could technically block. I will. Anyways, 
We're going to take a quick break, folks, when we come back. More of The Kula Show here on The Kula Show social media networks. And welcome back to The Kula Show here, everyone, on this Thursday, May 27th. Three games last night. Two series enders, one series extender in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you, Alex, of course, for jumping in there. He's st- apparently still in the chat, unfortunately. Can't really quite kick him out because, well, he's he's kind of, you know, still technically a part of the show, so I really can't, you know, kick him out because then I've tried to find a way to get him back on, you know, get him unblocked, and uh, it, it's a whole hoopla and a half. But regardless, lots to dissect with the games last night. Before we get to those, though, let's get to the Jets and Oilers here. Okay, the Jets sweep the Oilers three straight overtime wins. Big wins all around. They go to triple overtime in game four on Monday night. Kyle Connor, the overtime winner, Michigan boy, maize and blue. Hail to the Connor to end the series. Connor Hellebuck, only 37 saves in the triple overtime game. Mark Shifley gets his first two goals of the series. Mason Appleton, Johnny Appleseed getting on the scoreboard as well. But the big story, the Jets sweep. They pull out the brooms. They get the curling brooms as well. They borrowed him from just up the road over there in Calgary where they had the Briar and Scotties not too long ago in the world in the in the mixed doubles worlds as well. Not the worlds, but they pull out the brooms there and they just sweep them off the ice. I still. <sighs> As crazy as that was, first of all, the fact that McDavid wasn't even on the ice is hilarious, but it's it's so hard to look, and, and the crazy part is everyone's like, oh my goodness, what do they need? What do they need to fix? Oh, it's the goaltending. Oh, no. Mike Smith wasn't the problem. Yeah, he allowed a couple of squeakers, but look at the first couple of games in this series where Dreisaitl and McDavid were pointless. And even when they did score, they still lost. The problem with the Edmonton Oilers is not their goaltending. It's not their superstars. It's the fact that when their superstars don't play well, they're in trouble. Big trouble. Okay? The depth is the problem for this hockey club. No kids. It's not Nuge. Nugent Hopkins is not a problem. Uh, Listen, the, the the problem is that there's just not enough players. And here's the thing now. You can't point the fact that they can't get players to play for them because of the contract issues. Because the Leafs are still able to get guys at seven hundred grand and come play big minutes. Spezza, Thornton, Simmons. Now, Simmons is a little bit more expensive than Thornton and Spezza, but you know what? I, that's my point. You can find cheap talent. Now, I'm still scared about Zach Hyman, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that the Oilers are trying to find ways to avoid the fact that the problems are not because of the fact that Mike Smith didn't make that save in overtime or the couple of saves he probably could have made in the third period. But the problem is the fact that there's no help around him, no depth in the lineup. I'm sorry. Darnell Nurse has developed into a great goaltender, or great goaltender, great defender, great defenseman. Played over an hour in game four. Try to help his team come back. And guess what, children? nothing to show for it. I'm sorry. If Darnell Nurse is playing an hour, could you name me anyone else that played anywhere close to that? That's my point. By the way, congratulations, Darnell Nurse. Game four ends after playing an hour. 
basically goes back home, has a baby with his wife. Good for them. He's a father now. Congratulations to Darnell Nurse. But to the point of the matter is, there needs to be more support for, obviously, your best defenseman, Darnell Nurse, and more support for your superstars, Dreisaitl and McDavid. The two leading scorers this year in the National Hockey League, Dreisaitl leading it last year, and what is all of it? What comes of it? Nothing. The problem with the Edmonton Oilers is not the goaltending, not Mike Smith. Miko Koskinen, sure, that was a bad idea. That was Peter Shirelli at his finest. But it's the fact that there's no one else on the third and fourth line that can do squat. Zach Cassian, he's passe. Oh, but he scored a goal in this... Yeah, sure, bud. Okay. Still, how good... What is he the rest of the year? Where was he the rest of the series? This is an Oilers team that needs more. And if you're telling me that they can't find it because of their cap situation, baloney! The Leafs are able to do it. The Penguins are able to do it. Now, yes, the Penguins got knocked out. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm saying, like, they're more competitive. At least they won a game. Guys, the last game that the Oilers won in a postseason game, which includes that qualifying round last year, was 2017 in the series against San Jose. No, excuse me, against Anaheim. San Jose was round one. They beat San Jose in round one. But that's my point, guys. They have not won a playoff game in four years. At least the Leafs have won a playoff game. In the last four years. Now, yes, they've not won a series since 04, but that's neither here nor there. Edmonton needs to have a heavy look in the mirror this offseason on what they want to do at this hockey club. They got beat so badly that Wayne Gretzky resigned from his position as vice chairman of the board. Now, yes, that's because he was going to go to TNT anyways, but I digress. That's a discussion for another day. Alex Hill says, yeah, you know what's bad when Stephen A. talks about it? Listen, Stephen A. is literally getting told, hey, you need to at least talk about hockey at least 30 seconds on your show because since we have the playoffs, or since we have the NHL coming up next season. But it, I don't know. Edmonton's got a, they need a heavy look in the mirror. The Jets, though, how about some confidence? Who thought the Jets were not just win the series, but sweep the Oilers? But they got everyone going the right way. They got Connor Vesnabuck in full form. Big play coming from Nikolai Ehlers when he came back to the lineup. Neil Pionk looked good defensively. Obviously, it took Scheife a little bit to get going. Blake Wheeler, of course, was huge. The play, And, of course, Paul Stasny playing big minutes as well. The pieces fell in the right spot at the right time for the Jets. That's how they would pull off the upset here. It is an upset. I know it's only two versus three in the division, but let's be honest. The way the Jets were tailing off at the end of the year and the way the Oilers were really heating up, especially offensively, yeah, this was a this was an upset full tilt. No question about it. Not as much of an upset, though, I would say, as we really found out between the Pens and the Islanders. Their game six was last night, Nassau Coliseum. The New York Islanders win five to three in game six after a big win in game five. The worst turnover in the history of hockey. Well, maybe not as bad as Ty Conklin in game one of 06 finals, but Tristan Jari just straight up giving the puck to Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey gets the game-winning goal. It was Josh Bailey, right? I really hope not. It was a... Oh, gosh. Now I'm in trouble. Help! Help, help! I gotta go back now. Oh, I'm lost. I'm lost. Uh, Because it was Monday night. It was game five. Josh Bailey. Yep, I was right. Josh Bailey with the game-winning goal. 51 seconds into double overtime. By the way, U.S. up 3-2 on Latvia now in the going to the end of the second period of that game. 
So, anyways, I Tristan Jari. <laughs> I listen. The Penguins at first made the right move getting rid of Matt Murray and letting Tristan Jari be the goaltender. Tristan Jari is an all-star goaltender. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he didn't get a start in the qualify. He got one start in the qualifying round last year. But you know what? Matt Murray took the job over by the end of the season. Jari this year is doing okay. He's holding the fort, and Penguins win the division. Okay, Jari's okay. And then this series happens, and we realize Tristan Jari is a liability, and oh boy, Ronnie Hextall and Brian Burke have a lot to try to figure out with their goaltending. Because let's be honest, who do they have? That's the big question with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They win 5-3 last night due to the Islanders. Brock Nelson, Ryan Pulak, Anthony Beauvillier. Anthony Beauvillier. What a game he had last night. Led to the Brock Nelson goal as well. Kyle Palmieri also scoring for the Islanders. All eight goals, by the way, scored in the first two periods. Lots of helter-skelter action in the first 40 minutes last night. My thing is this, though. If you are Pittsburgh, what can you really do? I mean, because Jeff Jeff Carter scored more goals than anyone else in this series. The trade deadline pickup, the guy that the Penguins bought at the deadline from from the LA Kings, scores four goals, including last night. If you're and here's the crazy thing, and this is what Brian Burke keeps putting home. As long as 87 and 71 are on our roster, we're gonna go for it. Even if Malkin does go, 87 still there, Crosby's still there. You're still gonna go for the playoffs and try to win the Stanley Cup. Until that day is done, they are gonna try their hardest to be a competitive hockey club. For better or for worse. Now I'm not saying Ronnie Hextall is gonna turn it into the Detroit Red Wings by 15 and 16, but you get my point, guys. They are not, I mean, they're going to have to try to retool, which is possible in the salary cap era, especially with the flat cap right now, but you're going to have some guys that are going to be his contracts coming up here soon, and uh, Pittsburgh may be in trouble. But looking at the Islander side, why I say that this, and now, yes, I did pick Pittsburgh in five. I know what I said. I'm going to stick, I, on my own word, I'm owning up to it, owning up to my dumb prediction. But I can say this right now. The Islanders were the better team for the majority of the series. Ilya Sorokin. What a story this kid is. Joins the team in the bubble last year. Doesn't play, just kind of gets familiar with everybody. Is going to be the number two to Varlamov this year. Has a great regular season playing the 1B role. Doesn't get the start, or does get the start in game one because Varlamov was hurt down the stretch there at the end of the regular season. Wins game one. Varlamov goes in for games two and three. Doesn't go so well. He puts Sorokin back in. Wins three straight. The Islanders are moving on. Sorokin, big time. Huge numbers, big saves. Huge save on Malkin last night on a breakaway while the game was 5-3 to three at that point. I'm saying this right now. Sorokin may have been the best goaltender in the opening round that's not named Connor Vesnabuck. Hellebuck. You know what I mean. He was that good, and especially as a rookie as well. I don't, I don't think... There was much of a, and then, like I said, Tristan Jari had so many gaps that it wasn't really that close between the two, but Sorokin's going to be the goaltender that's going to lead this Islanders team as far as they go in this postseason. It's going to be on the shoulders of the Russian rookie, and I don't see why they would change from anything different. Barry Trotz is looking at him saying, all right, kid, you've played well. We're going to keep going with you. Now, yes, Trotz is probably thinking, all right, you know, he's probably very willing to make a move at the last second if he needs to, but. You're going with him. You're going to ride with Sorokin as long as he goes. And they'll meet Boston in game, in round two, excuse me. Game one has yet to be determined, but oh boy, it's going to be a very fun series. The defensive 
onslaught and a little bit of highs and I guess highest scoring from the Islanders, which no one really thought of against the Boston Bruins who are going to be well-rested and perfection line was looking good there towards the end of the series. Tuka Rask was in form. Oh boy, kids, it's going to be a fun series there to determine the East division playoff champion. Now, moving over to the central, we talked about Carolina and Nashville game six tonight at Bridgestone. The series, the other series in that division is over Tampa knocking out Florida, the Bulls winning Four nothing last night to eliminate the Florida Panthers. Just ran out of gas. Florida did. Yeah, they won Game Five. Spencer Knight, thirty-six saves in his first playoff start. He's listen. He's the future, guys. Bobrovsky is getting left open in the expansion draft this year. Now, whether Seattle takes him or not, we're not sure because hello, uh, salary cap. It's a thing. But I wouldn't be shocked if they're going to go with, I mean, if, if you have Spencer and Chris Drieger can do the same thing he did next year as he did this season, that's an okay tandem. If you ask me, two young goaltenders, you can build your team around for a long time. I'm okay with that because Bob, Bob's not looking good, guys. He has not looked good since he stepped foot in the Sunshine State. The, only, the last time he looked good in the state of Florida was when he was with Columbus in 2019. That was the last time he's looked good in that scenario. So I'll be honest with you. If, you know, if I am, if I'm Bill Zito, I'm saying to myself, Hey, we have two young goaltenders here. Seattle drafts coming up here. What's if we got rid of Bob, what's really, what are we losing there? A lot. Are you losing a big salary cap there or salary to pay? Getting a whole lot of cap space so you can get players. Cause I, I'll be honest. They need a little bit more depth on defense. It's hard to say depth on four because they had so many guys that played depth roles that played big minutes. I mean, Sasha Barkov, I don't want to say he was silent in this series. He just, for me, he did not play at the level that he needed to if Florida was going to win. Huberto had a, Huberto looked amazing in this series. He looked outstanding. Mackenzie Weger played big minutes and Mason Marchment looked good as well. I mean, there, there were certain pieces that really stepped up that needed to in this series for Florida to to make it a tight battle against a pretty much revitalized Tampa team that had all their stars in alignment because Kucherov came back, Stamkos was fully healthy. They were looking fine and dandy. And now I wonder what the move is going to be for Florida. Like I said, Bobrovsky, that's a big question mark. Who are they going to leave open in expansion draft? That's going to be important as well. Can't quite, like I said, Seattle's going to be, the expansion draft this year is going to be exciting to follow. So we'll see how it goes. But for Tampa, just, uh, I'll say this. Of course, Vasilevsky played amazing. 29 saves, because there were a couple times in the game was one and two nothing down at Amelie that Vasilevsky, if he doesn't make a big save here and there, Florida's in that game and it could make it a really interesting finish. But he calmed everything down, settled down, made some big stops and, Showing why he's probably going to win the Vesna this year. Connor Hellebuck aside, because Connor Hellebuck's showing that he's more of the playoff goaltender this year compared to last year. Now, granted, the team in front of him played a lot better, but that's neither here nor there. Back to Tampa. I love the way Vasilevsky really stood up. And listen, he he's gonna be he's gonna have to be important if if Tampa wants to make another run at the cup. If they want to go back to back, he's gonna have to play well. But I mean, Vaz, I mean, Hedman had a great series, and we thought his health was in question heading into this series against Florida. Stamco scores last night. He looks fine and dandy. Kucherov took a big hit, got a little bit of a hard slash the other night in game four. He's fine and healthy. Braden Point, probably looking like the MVP of this hockey club for the first round. Tampa is good again. 
Now, who they play in the Central? I'm pretty sure they'd like to play Tampa and or excuse me Nashville instead of Carolina. But if it's Carolina Tampa, that may be an only fun series to watch. No question about it. Moving over to the West now. The the nightcap last night. Colorado sitting there twiddling their thumbs like, all right, we've won now. Uh, anybody else want to play another round of golf? Uh, kind of have another day to relax here because Minnesota wins 3-0 last night to force a Game 7 tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights. In St. Paul, what may be the last game of the season at the XL Energy Center. Only a third capacity there in St. Paul, but they still get the win. And that was a straight Minnesota, that was a classic Minnesota Wild game. Bore you to death through 40 minutes. And then come out to her a couple goals late and then win the game. Cam Talbot looked solid. Had to make a couple of big saves in that third period. But didn't have to make too many saves. Only a 23 save shutout. And I say only because they were outshot 40 to 14 in game, game five in Vegas. Minnesota had to play a certain style to realize that they wanted to slow down Vegas to not give them any life in this game if they wanted to go seven, and they did it. Now, how much is left in the tank for Minnesota to win at T-Mobile? Yes, they have won in T-Mobile Arena. They won game five, and they won game one. It's possible to win in that barn despite there being close to 10,000 people in attendance. I don't know if they're expanding for Game 7. I haven't heard anything on that yet. But they like where they're at. This is going to be an extremely interesting game tomorrow night. I'm not sure if... It's going to be tough, because Minnesota has to play the exact same style as they did in Game 6, but and as well as Game 5 without getting outshot. But will Vegas be able to adjust? Now, remember, folks, I'm pretty sure if you watched the game last night, you heard the stat... The only two times that Minnesota has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit and won, the first and second rounds back in 3 That was on their way to the conference finals, of course. Can they do it again against the Vegas Golden Knights? The Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, children, are 2-9 and nine in elimination ga- or in games that they can clinch. It's a very weird stat. Or sorry, since 2019, I should have mentioned, not 2018. Because obviously they lost in game seven in 2019. That was the infamous Joe Pavelski hit. 2020, uh, they kind of struggled to get to the first two rounds before losing to Dallas in the conference final last year in the bubble. How will it end for them tomorrow night? Will they pull through? It's on home ice this time. And they play really well for the most part at T-Mobile Arena. But can Minnesota, has Minnesota planted the seed of doubt in the minds of the Vegas Golden Knights to show that, hey, we can do this. And the fact that some people were coming out and saying that Robin Leonard should start game seven, just calm yourself, okay? That's not, Pooh Bear is even agreeing that Flower is starting tomorrow night. By the way, Winnie the Pooh here, my co-host. If you're if you're listening to the podcast form or the audio form, uh, I got Winnie the Pooh here on the on the desk with me today. Vegas has the ability to come back and just win Game Seven easily. They could easily pull off like what Minnesota, not what Minnesota, what New Jersey did to Anaheim in 2003, 
Anaheim has all this great game six. They play a perfect game. They come out, they storm. They're going to play well in game seven in New Jersey. And Marty Berdura pulls off a shutout. That, that easily could happen. However, has Minnesota played Vegas tough enough to where Vegas is like, uh, we're in trouble, guys. Put that seated out in their minds with, and like I said, as Vegas, like I said, 2018, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. But since then, the last couple playoff years, they they dang near lost to Thatcher Demko in the playoffs last year. They lost to a Dallas team that they should have beaten last year. They got screwed in 2019, but they should never have been in that situation to begin with against San Jose. Should not have even been in Game 7. Are the are the little doom and gloom, are the are the demons creeping beneath the door into the locker room of the Vegas Golden Knights? Are they saying, is this deja vu all over again? We'll have to wait and see. 9 o'clock puck drop tomorrow night. I believe that's going to be even how the games end tonight between Carolina and Nashville and Toronto and Montreal. Those will be the only games. And that'll be the only game tomorrow night. 9 o'clock, T-Mobile Arena. If Minnesota wants to win, it's going to be the most boring Game 7 you'll ever see. If Vegas wins, it may be the most exciting. We'll just have to wait and see. So that is it for this episode of The Cule Show. It is going to be a fun, exciting finish to this first round. Because at this point, if Montreal wants to win, they have to force Game 7, which means they'll have fans at the Bell Center in Game 6 on Saturday. If Nashville wins in a ruckus Bridgestone Arena, that means Game 7 on Saturday night at PNC Arena in Raleigh. And boy, oh boy, tomorrow night in T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada, just outside of Vegas. Loud, crazy, exciting hockey off the strip. Can Minnesota pull off the upset, or will Vegas survive in advance? Take on a rested Colorado Avalanche team that had no business beating this, or no problem beating the St. Louis Blues. We will find out. We will wait and see. Thank you very much, folks, for watching this playoff edition, this Thursday morning playoff edition of the Kula Show here on 12 Out Sports on the Kula Show as well. Like I said, if you couldn't watch the morning show, you were able to watch the replay later on today. But of course, if you're watching the replay at 6 o'clock tonight on the 12 Out Sports, well, Hello, nice to see you. But of course, if you can't watch any of it and you just want to listen to it like Alex does while he's working, just on your drive around town, be sure to catch the podcast form, the audio form, coming up later today. I'm Tyler Kuhl, the Insider of the Insiders. Thank you, Alex, for jumping in earlier on in the show. We will see you Monday, normal time, 6 o'clock on Monday night, to talk about more playoff action and get you ready for round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. For Winnie the Pooh, I'm Tyler Kuhl saying thank you very much. Goodbye. We'll see you then. <laughs>